Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Hey guys, I'm Jen. And I'm Amanda. And you're listening to Fathomless. dying to hear all about this so today we are going to talk about edgar Allan poe fuck yeah i i just kind of like i thought it would be fun because his birthday is actually coming up on january 19th and you are a big like literature nerd oh yeah i love just i mean like two of my siblings are english majors so my one of my sisters and my brother-in-law is an english major so it's just yeah yeah and i just i do i like to read Love all that stuff. My man, Billy Shakespeare. Love him. We should Billy I'll probably, I'll find a way to like do an episode about him. Are you I guys will. on a first name basis? <laughs> it's my man. A right nickname there. basis. Um but, we could do an episode on him. Like oh, I yeah. said, like this episode is not strictly New England. It's yeah. New England focused. Yeah. I had to like reiterate that there to my some... husband the other day because I, I forget what I said I do a case on he's like that's on new england and i was just like <laughs> you're like so what i'm like um i have creative freedom it's my podcast yeah but it's not like to do a little of everything if we can travel outside of new england for those cases that yeah. if we want to cover if you want to go ahead and, and do william shakespeare amanda no one's telling you you can't I'm there's not, no rules I'm here find a way to make it spooky scary and we will do it yeah we will do it yeah i'm so down yeah. but today we're not talking about billy shakespeare no, we're not. We are talking about Edgar Allan Poe. Yep. And I can't wait. I'm, you know, sure it doesn't come as much of a shock to you guys if you don't know much about his life that he lived like a really weird, strange life. He also did. I know nothing about his personal he life. He did suffer from horrible, horrible depression and he did struggle with drinking a bit. Okay. Uh, we will talk about that more. He also had a very mysterious death. Okay. There are some theories, but no one's entirely sure. What happened? What happened to him? Oh, okay. So I'm really excited that to is, hear. That is kind of fun, too. Um, he also just, there's some weird things we're going to talk about. Um, he did, uh, I'm just going to say it right now so that people are aware. He married his 13-year-old first cousin. Oh, yeah. You so did tell me that detail last is, week. There is a child bride in this. Apparently, there is a minor. very nice to her, but like. Okay, it it wasn't care, dude. It's like your thirteen-year-old first cousin. But Tony Costa had a child bride too, but but he was horrible to her. So as long as as long as uh, little Ed over here was nice to his child bride, I guess that's so. Like I said in the last episode, further in depth to it, but yeah, I mean, because of course this was you know eighteen hundred, so a lot of it is kind of we're going based off of what people have written about it. There are a lot of letters that Poe had written himself, where he deeply expressed his love to Virginia, his wife. Um, and it was just, yeah, okay. he was very much. But uh, they will get into some things where it's definitely there was def- probably more than likely some grooming involved. It wasn't, you know, called that at the time, but you know. We'll get into it later. We are going to go so, from like beginning to end through his life. All right. And how does Edgar Allan Poe tie into New England? So he was actually born in Boston, Massachusetts. That is like the funnest fact yeah. I think I had 
ever learned which is really cool didn't spend all of his life in massachusetts he did come back at some time to boston but he was born here but yeah he was born here so that's actually where we're gonna start and it was january 19th 1809 in boston massachusetts edgar Allan poe was born to his parents david poe jr and elizabeth arnold hopkins poe these names i love it such 1800s and his parents were actors Actors which is just like yeah, they were of the theater, <laughs> which is just so fancy. So fancy. Except not really, because unfortunately in that time, theater people were considered lower class. Yeah, and like I remember than. everything from like hearing about the Wizard of Oz filming in the 30s. And oh, how God. It, oh, if you're an actor, you're basically like, we'll definitely shit. do some like old Hollywood stories. Yeah. But yeah, it was, it, and it kind of started, it was around this time too, because it kind of was always like that, even, you know, in medieval times. But they were considered of a lower class so it was kind of sad but they were very famous actors his mother was actually very well known up and down the east coast for her acting okay which is pretty cool and they did travel and perform which is pretty nice um but he was like i said born in january of course he's a capricorn no january 19th you're an aquarius right oh it's no that's literally on the, the day oh. the, I, I double checked but Nail yeah he capricorns. is a capricorn okay. right on the cusp but he de- there's a lot of capricorn energy in this story um so we will uh yeah you'll just you'll see there are some things that, that come up and you're just like wow that is like that is a capricorn but Unfortunately, Poe actually had um, lost both of his parents before his third birthday. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also forgot to mention he had uh, two siblings. He was the middle child of three. He had an older brother, William Poe. Then he had a younger sister, Rosalie, who was born like shortly after him. Mm-hmm. Like an Irish twin. Yeah. So his father abandoned the family in 1810, leaving Eliza to care for the three children on her own. She would travel up and down the East Coast performing at theaters, taking the children along with her. She was very much well-liked, like I said before. She had a really great stage presence, so a lot of people were just very fond of her, even though, you know, theater folk were seen as lower class at the time. Fortunately, Poe watched his mother, Eliza, whom he was very attached to, even though he was very young, slowly succumb to her battle with tuberculosis, known at the time as consumption. Consumption. He will actually lose several women in his life to consumption. Like which the is vampire panic. So sad. Tuberculosis really was rampant until they found a way to treat it. So It's still really fucked up. It is, oh, it's still terrible, but at least we have better ways Something. to battle it. Yeah. Um, usually it ends in a lot of hospitalization, but she was only 24 years old at the time. Really? Yeah. This was 1811. Well, they the life expectancy back then wasn't, wasn't much. Wasn't yeah, you much. were like lucky so you, if you were like, she was like your 50s. Yeah, she was like middle aged technically. Yeah, essentially, we, we're not even middle aged. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, but it was still just 24. It's just so sad, and she was leaving three children behind. Yeah. At the time of her death, they were living in a boarding house in Richmond, Virginia, where she had been traveling with her acting troupe. And after the death of his mother, Poe was taken in by family friends, John Allen and his wife, Frances Allen. And it was said that Frances Allen adored Eliza for her acting, and that's how they met. And the couple didn't have children of their own. Frances really wanted a child. So they decided to basically foster Edgar. They never officially adopted him, 
but he did end up adding the Allen into his name, so it became Edgar Allen Poe, oh, which is where we get. I see. Yeah. I thought that was his middle name. You'd think it would be Poe Allen, but Allen Poe just sounds so much better. Yes. Probably because, like, we know it that way, but yeah. it, I think it's better. I mean, you can decide when you want to, like, basically uh, what you want to do, but he did. He took on their last name as well. So John Allen was a super successful tobacco merchant, and he dealt with, like, other goods as well, but mainly tobacco, what I I saw was the most big thing that he was talking about for. Mm-hmm. And for most of his early adolescence, Poe had a fairly normal life for somebody who was, you know, lost both of his parents who was taken in, you know, in the 1800s. He wasn't, like, living in an orphanage or something. Um, the Allens treated him really well. They sent him to school. In 1815, the family actually sailed to Europe, where Poe stayed for a few years attending several several different schools, uh, including a boarding school in Chelsea, which is, like, an area of London. And then in 1820, the Allen family returned to the United States, which is where Poe continued his education in Richmond, Virginia. Poe is actually super popular in school, which I I found really weird. He was really well-spoken and said to be just very sweet. He was also a really great athlete that was said, like, in his teenage years, he was, like, a really, really good athlete. Do we have pictures of him around this age? Um. I can try and find some. I thought there were a couple in, like, a documentary I watched. I'd so love to see, like, teenage see if I can get pictures. It was, like, a drawing that I saw. So, yeah. This was the 1800s. So, yeah. photographs were kind of hard to... You just there stand was there. a couple photographs Is that when you had to, like, older... stand there for, like, 20 oh, minutes yeah. to get Yeah, it was, like, picture. a 10, 15-minute thing where you just stood still in order for, you know, the camera to do its thing. It's crazy. But uh, there was a lot of people who said that he was just very... He was a super, you know, well-liked kid. And, um... In 1824, he actually served as lieutenant of the Richmond Youth Honor Guard, which is kind of like flag-bearing people in, like, you know, parades and stuff. Does that make any sense? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. But it was, you know, a pretty prestigious thing. And despite having a good life at school, you know, great relationship with his foster mother, John Allen, his foster father, they didn't really have, like, a super awesome relationship. And in 1825, Poe's life would take another turn for the worse when his foster mother, Frances, succumbed to tuberculosis. She started no, getting really sick. Not consumption again. Yes. Just like his birth mother, she was starting to, you know, show signs of consumption. So usually people with consumption, if um, they were pretty healthy to begin with, they'd have like year-long battles with it. It would go on for a while before they would eventually die. Um, sometimes they'd get like a little bit better and then it would get like really worse and then you know it would kind of go back and forth like that so well Francis was basically on her deathbed you know dealing with this John Allen was having several affairs with several other women and bringing them back to the house okay and I mean unfortunately this was kind of common in the 1800s he's like oh well one one wife is you know one model's dying out gotta get the new one basically just terrible but that's it wasn't like the 1800s. It wasn't was as big of a shock to like the community time. around. It was talked about, but they weren't like, "Oh God, heresy." They were just kind of like, "Oh well, John found a new wife. Maybe testing some out." So, yeah. but Poe was devastated and was just furious that this was happening. He was. He did not feel the same. He felt that you know women were supposed to be cherished, loved, like worshipped. He saw them as very like angelic like creatures 
and it's actually pretty nice. Yeah, and like it's very rare in like his writing. He'd be shocked with the dating culture too. today. Yes, but yeah, he was like it was very different from how most people thought, which was just women were just you know they were the head of the household and you know not head of the household, but you take you care know, of the household. Head of the yeah, head of the, whatever. Yeah, whatever. I hate to say that. Terrible, but that's that is how it was in the eighteen hundreds. So. He did not feel the same. He was very, he had very different views. He was pretty pissed at his foster father for just kind of having affairs with everyone while his wife was dying and terribly sick and he should have been spending time with her, you know, being there with her for her last moments, basically. That's how Poe saw it. Yeah. So John was kind of sick of this and he didn't want Poe to get in the way of his affairs and kind of get in the way of what he was doing. So he shipped him off to the University of Virginia in 1826, which was, you know, kind of nice. He enrolled in the university uh, to study basically the courses that he set up for was ancient and modern languages, which is probably like a some form of like English major, okay. what we would call an English major to this day. Yeah. Uh, he was super popular amongst his classmates once mm. again. Uh, he actually was said to have um, been drawing art all over the walls of his dorm room and people were just like coming and hanging out in his room and seeing his art and listening to him recite poems and like different short stories that he wrote and people were just in awe of everything that he did basically all of his classmates said that they didn't know whether he was going to be like the world's next great artist or the world's next great writer yeah um multi-talented he was super great at it uh Unfortunately, being well-liked by the student body of the University of Virginia, Poe's foster father actually only sent him with enough money to cover the tuition, but nothing else. So he had no money for supplies, books, clothes, food, like anything. He didn't even have enough money for firewood. So one winter, he actually broke all of the furniture in his dorm room and used that to keep himself warm. Jesus Christ. He also tried gambling to make up money and ended up owing about two thousand dollars in debt which Which today would be i couldn't even find i was actually looking up what the value of a dollar was in like the 1860s last night and all the calculators i saw online only brought me back to like 1913 yeah so i can't even imagine how much two thousand dollars was worth yeah he he had a lot of money in debt so things got really bad Obviously, he's, you know, smashing furniture to keep himself warm and owes a ton of money for gambling. But he was trying to gamble to keep himself in school, which is really sad that his father, like his foster father, the only father he knew really, wasn't even willing to help him, you know, get a little further. Uh, But he ended up leaving the University of Virginia in 1827, and he actually fled to Boston while still owing those gambling debts. And he was afraid that he was going to get caught and jailed because there were, like, debt jails basically where they would put you like bounty hunters would come out and get you and like put you in you know mm-hmm. a jail cell until you paid your debt basically how do you um, pay your debt when you're inside a jail cell i don't know i don't know they had no logic back then they were just like put them in jail <laughs> throw them in the stocks no, not really the stocks but kind of okay <laughs> i get what you so saying. he went to boston and decided to actually enroll in the army under the pseudonym edgar a perrin okay so Nobody would be able to find him. He claimed he was 22, even though he was actually 18 at the time. And Poe's career in the army, kind of like his school career, he was actually pretty successful and did really well at first. 
He served at Fort Independence in Boston Harbor and made $15 a month. Wow. Which roughly comes out to 16 cents a day. (laughs) So, you know, that's, that's really cool. And in the same year, he actually made enough money that he was able to publish his first book, which was a collection of 40 um, poems. And it was called Tamerlane and Other Poets. That was the title. Okay. And Poe also briefly attended West Point, which is the United States Military Account Academy in West Point, New York. It's a pretty, like, prestigious yeah, military academy. Yeah, it's, like, pretty well-known. And um, his classmates there actually helped him raise funds to publish another book of poems in 1830. Uh, unfortunately, his time at West Point didn't last really long. He actually skipped a bunch of classes, didn't do any of his duties, wasn't really paying attention. Eventually, mm. he was court-martialed and left the academy. And in 1829, Francis Poe's foster mother actually passed, mm. which, once again, he was sad about completely that. devastated by that. It was another woman that he just idolized in his life that was gone. Yeah, in the same same way. Yep, in the same way. So it was in which, I don't know if I've really like gone into it, but tuberculosis is a slow, gross death. Yeah, it's like you, like just, you said, it looks you like waste your away. soul got sucked yeah, from you. Yeah, you really, yeah, like I said in Vampire Panic, you really do just like waste away and it's just, it's, it sounds terrible and painful and gross and just sad. And that's just, it's so sad that, again, he watched this. Yeah. Happened twice. to someone that he really loved and looked up to, and it was his mother. So, struggling to make ends meet on his own, in 1831, Poe moved to Baltimore to live with his aunt Maria Clem and her eight-year-old daughter Virginia Clem. Mm-hmm. So, I know where this which, is going. Yeah, which will eventually be his wife. <laughs> his what? <laughs> I, like, I feel so wrong <laughs> saying it. His wife. <laughs> Like, that was know. some like demonic. <laughs> I never want to hear you make again. Oh my god! Sorry, guys. <laughs> I can't get that image out of my head of your face. His his to be child bride. His wife. Everybody. So, almost Baltimore, which is where most people know that. Good morning, Baltimore. Gotta no. hairspray. Hairspray. It. Love it. I love hairspray. Of course, any music is going to be fantastic. I just have to say. Go on. So, we got Aunt Maria Clem. We got eight-year-old Virginia Clem. Soon to be child bride. Child bride. You love <laughs> that phrase. It's terrible. Drink and, like, I, I drink every time like, Amanda hearing, says child bride. I remember hearing about Poe in, like, school, and everything was great. And I was like, wow, that's really interesting and then when I heard that like doing you know reading on my own I was like oh, oh. Ew. was it was that stuff frowned upon back then oh god no are you kidding me there was passing off children like younger than that yeah <laughs> it was like once you got your period they were like cool bye which is why even I if it's your first cousin, like, oh, I wish I lived in medieval times and I was like a princess. And I'm like, no, no, like, you don't. Could have been married off to the first crotchety old sea merchant that marched up to the door and had like ten shillings and a chicken. And your parents would be like, awesome, great, go with this fifty year old stranger yep. and have a wonderful marriage. <laughs> Hell 
No. Nope. I'm good in the times I am now. Yeah. Although I wish I was like in my 20s and the 90s. That would be fun. That would be fun. Go on. Anyway, so finally it was here in Baltimore that Poe really felt like he had like a caring and loving family unit. Uh, He was very close with Virginia and Maria. They really enjoyed each other's company. And he felt like he finally had a chance to kind of make it as a writer because he had people who were supportive of him. Mm -hmm. Because he was so popular. Exactly. Uh, Unfortunately for Poe, the publishing companies did not really uh, agree with his views that he should be a a great writer. So one publisher even went as far to say as his work was too loud when Poe brought him like his first copy of what was going to be the telltale heart. Um, like too, basically too meant Like it was, yeah, like too intense, too much, too like, you know, it, people wouldn't want to read it. They'd be mortified. Like it was too, too, too crazy. Yeah. Too crazy for society kind of. And uh, so once again, Poe was just kind of scraping pennies together to support his family. In the summer of 1934, he was summoned to the deathbed of his foster father, John Allen. And, it was just to kind of have John Allen basically tell him to fuck off and that he disowned him as a son and wrote him out of his will. That's nice. So disowned by the only father that he had really ever known, he once again felt completely abandoned and kind of turned to just drinking and writing super sad stuff to ease his pain. And in the summer of 1835, Poe temporarily left hit the home of his aunt, and took a job as editor of the Southern Literary Messenger, which was a literary magazine. Basically, it was like a little magazine full of like short stories, poems, essays, little, you know, things like that for just kind of entertainment. And he was extremely talented as a writer, but his coworkers knew that he was actually kind of arrogant as well actually kind of extremely arrogant about his work and very arrogant when it came to critiquing others' work. He was actually given the nickname Tomahawk because he would just rip apart people's work mm-hmm. criticizing it, okay. um, which is terrible. Yeah. Uh, the jo- his job at The Messenger actually didn't last long. He was fired for drinking on the job just after a month, <laughs> which is, you know, yeah. And he returned empty-handed again. Um, so it was this year, September 22nd, 1835, when Poe married his cousin, Virginia. His wife. Poe was <laughs> 26 years old at the time, and yeah. Virginia was 12 years old, just about to turn 13. Great. Love that. Which, no, I don't. It's just terrible. Not at all. Like, you're a pedophile. I'm just going to say it. Yeah. And a lot and of sources. Like in, in yes, it is. Yeah, first cousin is, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, um, like yes, I guess I it signed, is, I guess, technically legal in some places, but. Yeah, I mean, I signed my marriage contract, and it was, like, I had to answer all these questions that was, like, basically asking me if Andrew was, like, in any way, shape, or form, like, really immediate. Fam- yeah. Yeah. Yep. But there are some states where they. Allow it. They don't, they don't care. Okay. Anyway, go on. Um, which is, you know. Uh, Anyway, so a lot of sources did say that he was actually a really caring and devoted husband, uh, which is, you know, 
I guess that's really nice. I'm glad you had a happy marriage. But, like, dude, you moved into their home when she was eight years old. You definitely groomed her. Like, I don't care how nice of a husband you are, but you married a baby. Yeah. And that's gross. So they actually even had to falsify the marriage certificate and claim that she was 21, which to me just kind of makes it all, like, even worse. Yeah. Like, like, if you really, like, cared about her, why don't you just, like, wait? Yeah. But anyway, so, yeah. He married his cousin, Virginia. Guys. A child. He married his cousin. And I mean, I guess it's nice <laughs> In case you missed that. That he wasn't a dick to her. Um, he actually was, you know, seen often like having fun with her and just spending a lot of time with her, being super caring. Anytime he wrote about her and like letters to other people or to his aunt, he just like was just infatuated with her. So weird still. At least he wasn't, you know, like abusing her. And, and like yeah. visit, like feeding her or anything. Yeah. Um. But still. still abusive because you know. <laughs> but still. there is a huge power dynamic issue there. But anyway. Um. So, social life was obviously very different from his work life, where he had a nice kind of happy home with Virginia and his aunt. He was, you know, going to work or writing reviews of other books and just kind of being an asshole to anyone else in the writing community. Um, he would just be, like, super rude to publishers, too, and constantly got in arguments with them mm-hmm. when they wouldn't publish, publish his, his work. Um, and when he did manage to get higher at places, he would either show up drunk or get in arguments with management and get fired. Okay. So. Not really making kind a great a, name for yourself. No. That he shit. was, like, a very kind of solemn person when he was out and about in, like, you know, a social aspect or in his, like, career aspect. He was very kind of arrogant about his own work, which is, like, Kind of Capricorny, if you ask Capricorny. Me. <laughs> That's a great adjective. Just well, yeah, like that. just kind of being like, like, oh, I'm so great, and like all you other little peons can't write as good as me. Kind of vibes mm-hmm. is what I was getting from it, which just kind of you know does that. It gives me Capricorny vibes. I it guess. does. It does because yeah. if you didn't notice, Jen and I think Capricorn males suck. Can you phrase that? right sorry they guys, are but capricorn men have their way yes and that is yeah that. yeah that's just that so anyway he was very <laughs> capricorny he's super you know his writing wasn't going as great as he thought it would have he wasn't really, you know, this wasn't the point where he was, you know, getting a ton of stuff published. You know, mm-hmm. he wasn't like the big, great writer that we know him as today. It didn't really help him also that there was kind of like a mini Great Depression sort of in the 1830s and 40s. You know, getting work and feeding your family just as a writer wasn't really a possible thing. No, not at all. And, you know, kind of sucked, but he did have a family of three that he needed to provide for. So mm-hmm. he had to try his best. However, in 1841... He had one of his first kind of big breakthroughs publishing a book. And this one's, honestly, it's a riot. It's, it's just nonsense. Um, it's The Murders on Rue Morgue, which is actually kind of the layout for the world's most famous detective, Sherlock Holmes. This one actually was written a little bit earlier. The Adventures of Sherlock Holmes, which is the first kind of book that introduces Uh, wasn't released until 1892. Okay. So, it's a little while after this, it's but 
precursor. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So Poe's story followed the intelligent intu- and intuitive French detective, C. Augustus Dupont. Ooh, that's a name. Yes, and Detective Dupont uses his brilliant skills to solve the brutal and bloody murders of two women in Paris. Mm-hmm. And the story actually has a pretty insane ending. After a really strange investigation, all signs pointed to the murders actually being committed by a razor blade wielding orangutan. That is out there. Yes. But not impossible. Um, there are actually like sketches done of this. So <laughs> I'm going to post one. Okay. Um, but yeah. So that is the, the murders on Rue Morgan. That was like one of the first books that like a lot of people read. And that's like one of like the more well-known first actual like short kind of stories that he wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also kind of the weirdest shit ever. Like how's it and, like after all of that, an orangutan is the the murderer. Uh, razor in, blade in, in in France. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just uh, yeah. So kind of weird, that's but that's quite the imagination. Def- oh, he had a a very interesting imag- imagination. I don't know if you've like read any of the stuff or if you did like been English a- class. Oh or- yeah, but it's been a long time since I've taken an English class. Oh yeah. But I should probably, like I said, like history. I didn't pay attention as a kid. Now I'm like, dude, I want to learn things. So yeah. maybe I'll pick up like a book. Always Poba. time to pick up a book and just read some shit. You know? I love reading. I've been, I, I go through books and then I take breaks and then I read a bunch of books and then I take a break. I'm on my break cycle right now, but I need to pick up a book soon. Yeah. So in 1843, The Telltale Heart was published in a literary magazine. This is one of his more like well-known titles. That, yeah. You know, that's, like, what you'll read in, like, you know, your Seventh eighth grade, grade English class. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, basically, that's just the narrative of a man frantically and wildly expressing how sane and calm he is. And then he proceeds to just calmly explain how he also dismembered and killed an old man. It's, like, you know, the, the footnotes version for you. Thank you for that. I'm so sorry if you get a D on your book report. <laughs> I hope nobody in <laughs> seventh or eighth grade is listening to this like, right oh, now. Oh, sweet. I can just use this. Child bride, orangutan, dismemberment, perfect. Perfect. Pose life. Well, yep. it, they would be more accurate than we would call. It's like, you know, the bare bones are there. Yeah. <laughs> the truth is there. Except the truth. Uh, so, obviously, it was a common theme in his stories that his narrators would confess some horrible wrongdoing or crime out of, like, an immense guilt and sorrow. Uh, all of the emotions in his work seemed to kind of reflect what he was kind of struggling with in his own life. And this was his way of just getting it out of his, his system, mm-hmm. which is actually pretty. Yeah, write it out. pretty healthy, you know? Yeah. They say write things down. Yeah. I mean, it's better than his other option that he always did, which was drinking. So, you know, that's just, you know, one or the other, I'd, I'd write. Yeah. <laughs> I had to choose. <laughs> uh, so despite having some success with his writing, he still wasn't really making much money off off these at all you know it was like a couple bucks here a couple bucks there but it wasn't you know it wasn't consistent and it wasn't enough to feed you know, a family of three family. and yeah, yeah support a family uh so it was around this time that poe's cousin wife virginia cousin also started wife. sorry i'm just not gonna get over that i'm sorry it's just uh, okay, sorry so Virginia also started showing symptoms of the early stages no, of consumption. Yes, I like calling it consumption. Which is just 
really, really sad. So, yep, she started showing the early signs of consumption. No, there was a child bride. There's a story that actually one of the first moments it happened was when she was singing. It was like around Christmas time. She was singing for Poe and her mother, and then she started coughing up blood, which is like, like I don't Virginia. know if that's like completely true, but that seems like very dramatic. I mean, but also could be totally possible. True. Oh, yeah, totally possible. How old was she at this point? Um, She was like late teens, early oh, 20s. God. She would actually struggle with the illness for five years, so she would have been 19 because she died when she was 24. Just like Poe's mother. No, same age. Yep, yeah, which is super sad. Just like, you know. Even though you're a pedophile. (laughs) It was. It was really sad, but, you know. So Virginia would struggle with this illness for five years, like I said. Obviously, this is the third time it happened, so he was just super distraught. And he knew that he was going to just watch her slowly die, and it was going to be terrible. This was his, like, his wife. This was yeah. his love. This was his cousin wife, you know? It was, you this know, was everything. This was his cousin wife. It was just everything to him. Is that, like, a term? I don't know. I'm not going to trademark it, <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so, in 1850, um, not 54, sorry, dyslexia moment, 1845, Poe's uh, most famous poem, The Raven, was published in a newspaper called the New York Evening Mirror. And this is like, you know, the one that everyone knows. It's the big one. It was actually, if you really like listen to it, it's basically him talking about a writer dealing with the death of a loved one. So it was kind of like his way of like preparing himself almost for the death of Virginia. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was wildly successful, right? off the bat which was actually kind of surprising this was the first thing that really kind of just went nuts people loved his work before but he wasn't like i said you know he wasn't it wasn't super big you know it wasn't like this was like the big one mm-hmm. basically i don't know why i'm like rambling for a minute it's okay <laughs> um <laughs> i the anyway so despite it being super like wildly you know publicly everyone was loving it it was very popular he actually only made fourteen dollars off of it, Aww. which like, which like you know, that's actually a lot for a poem, you know, in that day and age. But that's still like that's not, it's nothing. It's not enough. You know, it's not enough. It's gonna get you like two weeks in eighteen forty-five. My math's probably way off, but yeah, know, probably. I, yeah, I don't know what the value of the dollar was back then. So. I'll have to like look it up and we'll. I try again, like I said, I tried to look up the value of the dollar from like eighteen. And I, yeah, and like the farthest back I can go is like 1913. Which is weird. Yeah, so weird. Um, so we did start to perform lectures uh, of the Raven to audiences, where he would basically just you know read out the play and kind of like act it out almost for everybody, and people would just flock to see it. Hmm. They loved it, and they said that he was actually really you know invested in the crowds, and it brought in like a large amount of people, which is kind of awesome. In 1846, Poe published uh, my personal favorite, The Cask of Amontillado, which is just kind of the story. Again, uh, don't use this for your, you know, your seventh grade book report, please. But basically, it's a story of a man who believes that his friend insulted him. So naturally, in order to exact revenge, he uh, gets him drunk, brings him down to the catacombs, wraps him in chains, and buries him alive by, like, basically closing him up in a tomb by ripping it shut that's your favorite 
Uh, well, sorry. Right, so the reason why it is my favorite is because when I was in my eighth grade, like honors English class, I remember they were like, oh, we're going to talk about Poe and like little 14 year old emo me was like, oh, fuck yeah. Like Poe's the original emo. So excited. Then this was one of the books that we read and they had us watch like this little like movie clip about it. And I was like, this is like a fucking horror movie. And we're watching it in class. This is it's great. Literature. But I thought it was awesome. Like, they're burying this dude alive, and he's just, like, you know, and in the book, he's, like, crying out, trying to talk to him as he's getting bricked up, being like, no, don't do this. Like, he's, you know, freaking out. great thing to show to and, uh, eighth graders. Oh, it's classic American literature. <laughs> Excuse um, me. <laughs> but um, I just, like, I remember it really stuck out to me as, like, a teenager. I was like, this is metal as fuck, basically. Yeah. Pretty emo. It I was very say. emo. Um, so that's why I always this say it's like, phase, Mom. like my favorite, just like uh, Shakespeare's Titus Andronicus, which I guess when I do my Shakespeare episode, we'll talk about that. But that's another like Your boy Billy. Yeah, my boy Billy. <laughs> that is um, that's another very weird. It's a very weird play. It's very weird, and uh, we'll talk about that another day. So, also in 1846, Poe actually moved to New York with his aunt and his cousin wife, Virginia, who this was actually where she would die. She was in the end stages of her battle with tuberculosis. It was getting really, really bad. And one winter, of course, you know, Poe was not really raking in dough with his poems and short stories. They could barely, you know, keep fire in the fireplace or food on the table or even get proper medicine for her which is just really really sad and virginia elizabeth clempo passed away on january 30th 1847 at just 24 years old hmm. just like poe's mother and the loss of virginia basically sent poe in a downward spiral that he would never re- fully recover from uh he did immortalize her by writing a poem called annabelle lee which it's really sad because it's a beautifully written poem i don't know if you've ever heard it no. Um, I'll like pull it up and you can read it. And it's like it's just like really sweet sounding, but then when you find out it's about his, you know, child bride cousin wife, it it kind of loses its romance. Oh, you're building and... on the term as the podcast goes on. Yeah. Put like a hashtag out. No, I won't. I'm not gonna put that hashtag on our Instagram. Get no. shut down immediately. I'm sorry, what's this isn't like a laughing matter, but it's like, not. But Amanda, I've I have a really dark sense of humor, and I always when I'm uncomfortable about things, I use it comedy is. to, to you know, deflect. So anyway, um, it's like it's a really beautiful poem, but yeah, when you think about it a little bit, it's just you know, it's a little much. But regardless of how I feel. From all accounts, Poe was extremely devastated with the loss of his wife, and it, like, really fucked him up. Uh, It was said that he was often found intoxicated, laying on her grave, sobbing, and would spend the entire night there, which is really, really sad. Obviously, he was just not well. Uh, He was not doing okay with it. Uh, He was convinced that he would not make it through life without some kind of female companion. So, uh, despite being really sad about, you know, the loss of Virginia and still grieving her, he actually did set out to find a uh, a new wife, a new bride, and did you know travel up and down the East Coast courting several different women during this time. Were they child brides? No, they were all of age. Thank God. Okay. Um, I guess you know 
were they his immediate family? No. no. I'm I'm honestly I'm assuming it was because he met Virginia when she was eight years old and that's, you know, how he ended up marrying her. Because it just, you know, grew from there. So, yeah. Anyway. Uh, but his reputation for being a poverty-stricken drunk didn't really help him with the ladies, so he didn't really get very far. Um, and while he was, you know, drinking, his writing continued. He was still performing The Raven at this point, too, but it was not going as well as it was, it was probably the different. first time. Yeah. Um, he was not, you know, enchanting the audience like he was before. A lot of the times he would show up, you know, drunk. really, yeah completely shit-faced and would actually just get booed right off the stage uh, or couldn't even finish. So it was clear that he was, you know, deteriorating mentally and he was not doing very well. He would also start having, like, intense episodes of paranoia and, like, kind of, like, almost, like, bouts of insanity um, where he would just, you know, be, like, incredibly manic or extremely depressed. And he basically spent the last years of his life Searching for, you know, that one last love because he didn't want to die alone and Understandable. Just battling <laughs> his own demons, which is super sad. Uh, he did have some luck in 1849 when he returned to Richmond, Virginia, and he rekindled a relationship with his high school sweetheart, Sarah Elmira Roster. And Sarah actually agreed to marry Poe, who felt like this was like, you know, his last chance to kind of like make things right and like have a family, you know, have a wife, and kind of, like, you know, live that apple pie life. Apple pie life. I guess. The American you, dream. Yeah, the American like, dream. I like the apple pie. Yeah. I think they, uh, they said that on Supernatural. It was Dean Winchester. I couldn't get into that show. I know it's your favorite, but That's I great. Cried. That and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Buffy's wanna, definitely my number one. I want to, actually, I kind of want to watch that and, like, listen to the Rewatcher Oh, that's what I'm podcast. doing right now, and it's great. At the same time. It's so, so much I fun. Do that. It's so much fun. It's a great show. A lot of it's aged like a human because it was the 90s and it was cable TV. Yeah. But, you know, if you just, you know, you just kind of brush by those, it's just, overall, it's a great, Joss Whedon's a excellent story writer, in my opinion. Yeah. I'm definitely going to watch it. I was just saying I need to get into, like, a new series. The guy who wrote Buffy actually did some, uh, some of the Marvel movies, okay. the superhero movies, or at least one of them. I know at least one of them. I'll have to look it up. But. Yeah, I was surprised when I found that out. I was like, "Fucking Joss Whedon? But, I don't know who that is, but yeah. Yeah, he did. Uh, it was like one of, I want to say it was one of the Avengers, but he was the, he like was the one who created, or not created Buffy, but he wrote the like, TV series because there's a movie from like the 60s with Buffy the Vampire Susie, Slayer. did you watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Oh, we have Susie in here. <laughs> Shout out to Susie. She's just reading a book. She is. She's just hanging around. out in the corner reading a book. <laughs> Buffy yeah. was a shit. But he also wrote Angel. He wrote the show Dollhouse. So there's Firefly. Who else too? Dollhouse was great. Great. So anyway, back to Poe. Uh, so he was um, he was super excited that, you know, he was going to get a chance to kind of have a marriage again and try to make this right. Um, and he was very excited to share the news with the only family that he had, which was his Aunt Maria Clem, who actually planned to travel to New York to see her. Um, at the same time, he had some business to handle in Philadelphia, so his plan was to kind of, you know, take this little trip and then return to Richmond to be with his new bride-to-be. Um, it was noted that the last people who saw him in those kind of last days, he was in Richmond, Virginia, 
that he looked incredibly ill. He was like greenish gray in his face. He just looked very like gaunt and sickly and thin and was just obviously not doing well health wise. Uh, so se September 27th, 1849, is actually the last day that Poe was reported being seen alive and fully conscious. He then disappeared for five days. Nobody really knows what happened within those five days or what what events kind of went on. Uh, but then he was found on October 3rd, 1849, unconscious outside of a public house in Baltimore, Maryland. And a public house is like a pub. Yeah. You don't know what, like a what that is. Hole in the wall bar. Yeah. yeah. A tavern, you know, one of those well, kind of. Every restaurant this day and age ends in the word oh, yeah. tavern. Exactly. Uh, he was like, in wait, a. Sorry. Gustan's Tavern Gustans. in Disney. Ooh. That, did I say that right? Gaston's. Gaston's. Gaston's, sorry. I was like, Gaston's? I don't know why I thought it was... It's okay. Gaston. You're just adding a little flair to it. Gaston. You know what? I have a, you know what? I Gaston watched, sucked anyway, I so it's okay. I have a minute, and... But you know he what? He was the villain, okay. so how does he get a cafe? He has a cafe, and they have the best cinnamon rolls. Or tavern, or whatever. Yeah, it's called, like, Gaston's Tavern. Yeah, how did Gaston? that get? I don't know why. It's okay. You can insult him, because he's a jerk. Yeah, yeah. So um, he has a little tavern at Disney World, and it is like a tavern. That's really cute. Yeah, and like in the movie too, like when they were all drinking in the bar, like that. That's what comes to mind when I think of like a tavern. Last time I went to Disney was like 2011, so they were actually building all of that stuff. So oh. I didn't get to. Me and Andrew went like didn't and get a half to see ago, it. and. Expensive, dude. We saved up for like a good year, and yeah. we actually saved money because it was like June, May of 2021, so like not long after COVID. That's so not bad. like they were only operating at like one third capacity in the park. So it wasn't oh yeah, so it wasn't, and we saved money because they were like doing a deal nice. because like nobody was going to Disney. Oh yeah, so they're trying to it make was, up. Be like, time to go, yeah. So Poe was found super drunk, very delirious. And he was covered in dirt and bruises and was wearing dirty old clothing that were not his own. They so were he, like, he was missing for five days when he just was found. Yeah, him. shows up in clothes that are like too big for him, just like beat to hell, in a delirious state, unable to really speak. Uh, like he was breathing, but he wasn't like super conscious. Okay. And uh, he was taken to Washington Medical College Hospital. And he was never able to stay conscious long enough to, like, explain exactly what happened to him. It was said that he would start, like, talking and, like, babbling to what he said were, like, spirits on the wall. He kind of a couple times yelled out the name Reynolds and then was kind of just in and out of a delirious state. But anytime somebody was like, what happened? He could never fully articulate anything, mm -hmm. really. Weird. And on Sunday, October 7th, around 5 in the morning, Edgar Allan Poe opened his eyes, said, God help my poor soul, took a last breath, and then died. Those are his 40 last years old. words? Yes. Really, it is. Very spooky. So newspapers reported the cause of death as congestion of the brain or cerebral inflammation. Okay. Uh, the death certificate and medical records are unfortunately lost. Oh, well, yeah. So I can't imagine they kept good paperwork in the yeah. 1800s. No, 1850, well, 1849 at this point, but the 1850s we call it. Yeah. was not a, you know, wasn't a happen in time for keeping medical records or any <laughs> kind of files on anything. 
so it's kind of shitty but they just kind of had like what the newspapers said to go on which was that congestion of the brain so there was some kind of like swelling in his brain whether it be from you know being beaten around or from alcohol they're not entirely sure there are several theories the biggest theory and the one that makes the most sense which is also kind of the strangest theories is uh that he was a victim of political kidnapping also that's what i was thinking like some sort of kidnapping because if you're all confused and you're in clothes that aren't your own yeah so but it was specifically called a political kidnapping okay which is also known as cooping which i thought was really weird uh so i looked into that and this is like i said this is the most popular theory uh basically back in the day when it came to voting there really wasn't many regulations so uh politicians would actually hire gangs and thugs to round up groups of you know people basically kind of drug them or get them drunk beat them up put them in different outfits and make them go vote for that politician over and over again in order to get as many votes for that person as they could uh, so it was the actually different outfit makes them a different person. Yeah, exactly. Their logic. Yeah, they would just you know dress them up in different outfits, and then they would have them go vote under different names okay. multiple times. And they weren't really you know they weren't like checking IDs or anything. I don't even like social. They probably didn't there even wasn't have social it. security no. or anything. When did like social security start. That was like 1900s, like later on. I'm pretty sure. Look that up. We'll, do, like, well a dark I know the Social Security website. You can like look back like a hundred years for like the most popular names. Like yeah. they have that on their website, which is pretty cool. So that's pretty cool. So yeah, at least like 1900s. Yeah. Uh, but so that was the biggest theory, and I know it sounds kind of crazy, but there is a lot of validity to it. It was actually election day in Baltimore that evening, so like the day after he was there. found. It wasn't, but it was election day there. Okay. Uh the Baltimore public uh, house, well, the ho- public house that he was found outside of was a polling place, which uh, a fucking bar is a polling place. Very it's... weird, but yeah, 1800s. Um, I went to the airport one time to vote. Like, not Boston, so but like the local town airport. That makes sense. Does Plymouth? It? Yeah. How did I know that? Um, That's where I grew up. <laughs> but the fact that he wasn't in his own clothes too uh kind of made sense so like they probably had like fake ids or like you know papers or whatever kind of identification records they kept back then for these people you so mean they, they didn't scan them. the barcode in the back no. of it? <laughs> they weren't scanning the barcode so you could go put your answers into the the gateway computer from 1997 like every polling place does or at least you know how much of them do it um but he was so drunk that he couldn't even speak uh and it was actually apparently common back then uh to give somebody a celebratory drink after they made like after they voted because obviously they're in a public house so you get a free drink coming in to vote so if he was forced to vote multiple times he'd be pretty drunk uh and despite you know having like a drinking problem for most of his life he actually had a sensitivity to alcohol which same bro not that i want to have anything in common with poe because he's a weird ass pedophile <laughs> but cousin wife. yeah his child bird cousin wife but um you don't want one of those. but yeah it was said that he could get like he could get kind of like he would get drunk off of like a glass of wine so if he was forced same, to bro. vote multiple t- yeah exactly so if he was forced to vote multiple times and had multiple 
drinks, especially if it was hard liquor, to be toast. Uh, so that was basically the biggest theory. Uh, two was just that he died of alcohol poisoning or liver failure on his own. He just, you know, happened to be stopping in Baltimore while he was on his way from Virginia to uh, Philadelphia because that was his last stop in the New York, which makes sense because if you're going from Virginia, you're going to kind of go that way by train. So they kind of thought possibly he could have stopped off, went into that public house, had himself some drinks, was super depressed about his, you know, the death of his child bride cousin wife <laughs> and would be super sad Sorry, so every time i say it i look right into her eyes and she's just losing she, it she like pauses <laughs> and she's like smiles and she's like child bride cousin wife. i do i can't help it um i can't get over it but they thought that possibly it could have been like severe alcohol poisoning uh the third kind of theory that kind of goes around a lot is that he was just the victim of like a bar fight or beating you know just a random beating sounds weird but it was 1850s it was a wild fucking time so you never know uh which makes sense because he was known to become inebriated pretty quickly and like we said before you know when he was out and about publicly he was kind of a douchebag and was pretty arrogant so oh yeah if he was mouthing off to the wrong yeah, if he was person, off to the wrong person. if he was being a fucking capricorn to the wrong person <laughs> He was being like, a male Capricorn to the wrong person. Then, yeah. Like, I should, yeah, I have to specify that. Because female Capricorns, goddesses. Say that, but. One time, was... okay, I'm sorry, I have to bring this up. But one time Amanda dated a guy and we pulled up his birth chart. And I shit you not, all but like two planets were in Capricorn. This man was a Capricorn, like, from all fucking angles. Yeah. I was like, you're the Capricorn. Yeah, he was. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Took me four years, but eventually I ran. <laughs> it was bad. It was bad. This is why we look at our significant other's birth charts oh, before we yeah. commit. Right, yes. Susie? Good to know. You didn't do that? Susie! Susie did not do that. Susie what? did not do that. It's not good. Is that why? Is that why you uh, live on the other side of the country now? <laughs> <laughs> Susie's a Cali girl. Yeah, Susie's from L.I. 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 <laughs> so bad at that. Yeah. No, we so. always have to say L.I. <laughs> yeah, so post-Capricorn, so we know that, you know, if he was arrogantly mouthing off to somebody in the bar, he could have said if the wrong thing to the wrong person. Yeah, if he was being Capricorny, <laughs> then, you know, very likely that somebody could have just pummeled him in the alley next to the bar and that was that and he already didn't look like he was in good health so if something had happened to him obviously it wouldn't have you know wouldn't have ended well for him I don't think he would have been able to hold his own in a fight like a scrawny lanky looking dude so doesn't really seem like he would have been able to hold his own or defend himself if a couple people ganged up on him I personally think that the, I mean, political kidnapping just sounds ridiculous. So it, I think it's it that. It does, but if it was a real thing that happened. Yeah, no, it, it was a very real thing that happened. It was just like when I first that. heard it, I was like, excuse me. And then I read it and I was like, Jesus Christ. But yeah, we'll it never, was a thing. We'll never know, I guess. So yeah, we'll, no records. we'll never know whether it was a political kidnapping or he just had his last battle with his 
dying liver or what there from what we know there was no autopsy performed either so we really don't know like how bad everything was like we said we just have the newspapers to go off which said congestion of the brain that's pretty much it uh but in the end you know i did want to give like a little kind of like some more fun facts just kind of bullet pointing some interesting things about his life he never made more than a hundred dollars off of any story or poem he ever wrote wow which is really sad like that's it like especially like the raven he made fucking 14 bucks off of that that's like that part is, of the school curriculum yeah, now literally every child knows that if you're like an american like if you've been a public school in america in the u.s you know the raven you know poe um to this day, he's still considered to be one of the most popular authors in, like, modern history. If you Google, like, top 100 authors of all time, pose in there. Um, there is an NFL team named after him, the Baltimore Ravens. Super cool. Yeah, so, that. yeah. That is pretty much it. That is the weird life and death of Edgar Allan Poe. And his birthday's coming up. Yes, and his birthday is, this is going to come out on Monday. I believe it's Wednesday or Thursday. It's 19th. So celebrate for his weird pedophile Capricorn ass. Or don't celebrate because he's really You're like, weird. I really want to do this episode on Poe and release it on the week of his birthday. But he's a pedophile who married his Capricorn cousin. Did. He married his first cousin. Like, that's, like, you know. And I get, I get that it's legal in some states. You know, I don't want to yuck anybody's yum, but I'm yucking that yum. I'm sorry. Can't yuck do it. anybody's yum. I've never heard that <laughs> I got that from Sean. (laughs) So that is it. I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope you guys stay spooky. Stay scary. And stay stay safe. safe.